Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Rexy. Uh, all right, so on Sirius XM Channel 159, I was talking about a lawsuit going into the break there. And uh, anybody that attended a game at MetLife Stadium could be part of this, which is me and, uh, and George Kurtz. Uh, if you've attended a game at MetLife Stadium, so George, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, a $6 billion lawsuit was filed in a Man- Manhattan federal court in January that demands, demands that both the Giants and Jets abandon MetLife Stadium in New Jersey and return to playing in New York by 2025. Court papers have asked that both teams be rebranded as the East Rutherford Giants or Jets as long as they play in the Garden State. If the Giants and Jets want to call themselves New York teams, they need to come back to New York. Uh, the plaintiff... Um, Abadal Sawero of Greenwich Village states in court papers. I've traveled to and from MetLife Stadium by mass transit and car service, and both ways are a nightmare. <laughs> the, the, the lawsuit seeks $2 billion in monetary damages and $4 billion in punitive damages, with legal claims against the two, including false advertising and deceptive practices. The lawsuit claims that the plaintiff in the class, which includes all Giants and Jets fans that live in New York, have suffered mental and emotional damage, including depression, sadness, and anxiety as a result results of the defendant's conduct. Um, so basically stating it's false advertising calling themselves New York by playing in New Jersey. The Giants actually responded because they didn't have a choice because it's actually a legal matter now in which they stated they're well within their grounds because they're playing within their 75-mile territory and that uh, MetLife Stadium is only seven miles from Manhattan. What do you think, George? You want a piece of the action? This guy's going to win this thing. So I think it's kind of idiotic. They're still called New York. And they what happened to you, Jersey. George? You yeah. coughing again? I do. What was going on there? Uh, <laughs> I so, you know, it's, 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 it's just a weird, weird thing. I didn't hear about this, by the way, which I'm surprised. Okay. I haven't heard about this stupid-ass lawsuit. Uh, I'm surprised it's gone through that the judge is even uh, agreeing to hear this. This sounds like a suit to me. I do think it's kind of idiotic that the Giants uh, Jets call themselves New York if they play New Jersey. But, you know, most teams don't play in the city. And which they're named after. Dallas That's a good point. Dallas. Buffalo yeah, I mean, doesn't play in Buffalo. Right. I mean, what team does? I guess the only difference here is that they're not even in the same state. Right? I guess that's the biggest difference here. Most teams at least play in the same state. Yes, but we are, you know, New York and New Jersey are sort of the same, though. Let's just be real, right? 
Like they're, they're separate right? states, but they're not in a way. You know what I mean? Like how many people that work in New York live in New Jersey and vice versa and et cetera. Like it's just, they're sort of merged. And, you know, like I said, it is seven miles. It is, it is seven miles. I, you know, to me, George, the guy got greedy asking for $6 billion, bro. You think? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if this guy just would have said, listen, I'm from New York, and you know what? I was deceptively believed that they were in New York. You're an idiot type thing. I deceptively believed they are playing in New York, and I spent thousands of dollars going to New Jersey. Maybe he'd be dead get. Like, they'd be like, all right. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Maratzi. Uh, I was just telling George Kurtz here about a lawsuit uh, going on right now in New York. So a dude is suing the Jets and the Giants for $6 billion, claiming that it's false advertising, that they play in New Jersey, but they're called New York. And he said it's caused him distress by having to go to the state of New Jersey. <laughs> He's right about that. It is a nightmare to get there. <laughs> oh, God, it is. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing, George. As crazy as it is, he gets a jury. You never know, right? People would be like, I hate that stadium. I hate getting out of there. He's right. <laughs> like... You never know, but asking for six billion is too much. But there was a story, George, in Vancouver, um, in in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, uh, last year. Might have been two years ago, last year, whatever. I talked about it. There was a guy, George. He sued Canada Dry. He sued Canada Dry Ginger Ale because there's not real ginger in Canada Dry Ginger Ale, but it's called Ginger Ale. And he claimed that he drank it like for breakfast and fed it to his family because he thought that it had ginger product in it and it ginger was good. And he won. Like $250,000. He won. I can't see how you would win unless they, they claim it is. does have ginger. could also be a name. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's red, right? Red ale. I mean, he actually won like 225k, And uh, the, the, now, whatever, they said they could never be sued again for this. Now that it's happened once type thing. So I don't know, man. People are crazy out there. All right. So George Kurtz says um, he likes the Panthers. Panthers in seven. Uh, Avalanche in five or six. What about the Rangers, George? Rangers and Canes. No one's giving the Rangers a chance. I am. Give me the Rangers. Upset. They're going to beat the Canes. They're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who you got? I Listen, I wasn't really thrilled about any of the teams, how they played in the East. Uh, the Rangers included. Uh, all the teams not won here. I think the Rangers are a year too early. I think they are going to be the team to beat in the Eastern Conference, by the way, for the next, I don't know, decade. Boy, that's depressing to say here. Uh, Carolina, they won all the home games, also the road games. They have problems with goal as well. Carolina in seven. Uh, Battle of Alberta, who you got? Oh, God, I think this is going to be a great fun series here. I think, I think it's a Calgary-Colorado uh, finals there in the West there. Give me Calgary in six. I agree with your pick, Calgary in six. I agree, George. Flames in six. Colorado and uh, Calgary on a collision course. It's the Mountain Rocky special. Thanks, George. Anytime. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Monday Night Meltdown continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi, breaking it down on Sirius XM Channel 159, a mightier 1090 ESPN radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Let's get biblical. Rick Saratella, NFL Drop Bible, steps up in SI.com. Rick, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? Oh, baby, breaking it down, chopping it up with the legendary Gabriel Marenzi. Are you kidding me? I'm fired up, uh, Rick. Is it just me or does it feel like the football season's begun? We've got uh, we've got OTAs, we've got camps, uh, we've got uh, all kinds of breaking news, a lot of stuff to get to. Let's start off with Drew Brees, who shook the football world up uh, with a with a tweet of his uh, people speculating about uh, his future. And um, he said, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I might play uh, pickleball. I might come back and play football in the NFL. I might do TV. Uh, we'll see what happens, essentially. Um, what's your what's your take on this? And we should have known that he is 43 years old, right? And, you know, quite frankly, he hit the wall a couple of years ago. Put it this way. The Saints are taking him back. Let's just so let's just call that for what it is. And the Saints immediately said, oh, ha, ha, ha. I think he's just sort of kidding. And we've moved on type of thing. What's your opinion on the Drew Brees situation? Well, you know, he's keeping his options open, which is never a bad thing to do. He's got money waiting for him in the broadcast booth, but money ain't a thing. So, hey, some of us, some of us are happy to wake up and put one foot in front of the other. Drew Brees can have his cake and eat it too. He can play football. He can play pickleball, which, by the way, is a booming business uh, lately. People are there's big bucks in the pickleball industry. But I'll tell you this. I mean, hey, if if there were to, if there were to be a season-ending injury, let's say to Matt Ryan. We know the Colts have every uh, uh, standby quarterback on speed dial. If, you know, Jalen Hurts were to somewhat falter, you know, the Eagles believe they're quarterback whisperers and they were in the playoffs last year. Maybe they're trying to make a run for the money. And, hey, uh, they're sleepless in Seattle over there over Drew Locke. I mean, that's a terrible situation. So I'm sure that could be a, a, a place to monitor, but I mean, Hey, he could wind up in the broadcast booth. He could be doing the Manning cast. He could be playing on Sunday night and broadcasting on Monday night. Who knows in 2022, <laughs> we've seen it all. Well, I tell you what, you're, you're exactly, you're exactly right. And there's so much money. We'll get to Tom Brady and your boy, Don. He just keeps, um, keeps, you know, making history. So it keeps making history with Tom Brady, but it's a good point that you raise as far as Drew Brees is concerned that, as as of right now, and I don't even think Drew would want to play for Seattle, but I, I like where you're going with that. If a Matt Ryan went down or if a Jalen Hurts went down, if a legitimate contending team lost their quarterback, and then you ask yourself, 
if you were that team, would you rather bring in Drew Brees or Jimmy Garoppolo, right, or Baker Mayfield? And I think a lot of coaches, we've seen Frank Reich, he likes the veteran quarterback. So I like where you're going with that. So if you're Drew Brees, it's a good point by you, Rick. You just sort of throw it out there, let the coaches know, hey, I'm not 100% against playing. Like, it's, it, uh, there's the potential is there. I don't see exactly, Rick, I love where, I love your answer. That I don't see him, hey, I want to be in a camp right now and I want to come back. But he just sort of threw it out there. Hey, I might be available if the right team calls. But I think Drew Brees knows it's not the Saints as well. And by the way, he's making sure that he's being seen in those early morning. You know, he's got a tennis court development where he lives. And he's up early in the morning doing those shadow drills with the footwork, making sure that people talk about that. It's a, you know, maybe, maybe the PR department has has TMZ on. Speed I was thinking track. about that too. I was like, man, he's really like in a full PR mode here right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think he really took offense and takes offense to the fact that people said he sucked on TV, which I don't think he was that bad. For me personally, when you saw him do the Notre Dame games, he was really good. He's not a studio guy. He was awkward in the studio. He doesn't, he's not a hot take type of guy. So I think he should just be doing games on Sundays, and we just saw what all the money Brady got. Hey, if Brady can get 37 mil a year, I don't know, Breeze can get uh, 15, can he? <laughs> well, I was going to say, he might be upset that he was a year or two late on this big quarterback money, which is, I know, another topic we want to discuss with Mr. Watson. Well, that, that's another thing, too, that Breeze is doing this TV work. He's getting ripped, and he sees Brady getting all this money <laughs> that hasn't even done anything uh, yet. So speaking of Tom Brady and Don Yee, I know – uh, he's your he's your guy. You guys work together with the uh, the hub portal camps. What do you got going on now? Yeah, so I mean, listen, we've been doing the hub pro camps for the past year and a half. We've had 550 players come through, 28 percent getting a pro contract with the CFL or NFL. That's a great percentage right there, nearly a third. Right wow, streets right off the streets, and and so Don, I mean, I give credit to Don. It's pretty cool of Don, isn't it? That he's Tom Brady's agent. He doesn't have to worry about kids getting into the NFL as a free agent or a CFL uh, contract, but he still puts these camps together. No, but you know what? I mean, yeah, he he represents some of the best players, but he also represents guys that go day three or undrafted as well. And so during the COVID era that we lived in, he recognized the need and said, "Hey, some he he represents small school guys and some of his associates." And so, hey, these guys had no place to work out. Why don't we provide the platform? Oh, by the way, I think there was like eighty guys in the USFL draft. But he said, "Hey." Now with the transfer portal, I last checked, there's 7,000 players just hanging out, 7,000. <laughs> so he said, well, why don't we provide a platform with the same NFL coaches? Not only do they get coached up and feedback and leave, and leave a better player, they get fresh film, they compete against other guys in the transfer portal, and we've got other schools on board that say, hey, send us the film. We're going to use this as a recruiting tool. So kudos to Don Yee. We're happy to be on location, providing scouting analysis, film. So where's uh, this camp going to be taking place? Where's June this one? 18th, San Diego, California, June 18th, go to hubfootball.com. Great stuff. And of course, uh, we're on in San Diego, the mightier 1090 ESPN uh, radio. So for all you players uh, in the area, uh, go, uh, go to the website and, uh, and check it out. Rick Saratella, NFL draft Bible. Uh, with uh, so you mentioned Deshaun Watson, um, looks like the meeting is set to come. Doesn't mean doesn't mean the judgment is set to come, but the wheels are now in motion. Uh, Deshaun took his teammates to the Bahamas. 
I guess when you make as much money as uh, he does, you can do that. He took uh, he took the old line to the Bahamas for some team bonding, um, but um, he's got to step back. He's leaving paradise, and now it's a reality check. He's got to meet with the National Football League later in the week. From what I understand, it will be in Houston, actually. Uh, you know, since that was where all this stuff happened, they're going to be meeting in Texas uh, later in the week. And uh, that'll be the first uh, of many meetings, and I imagine, and then the judgment set to come. Rick, you and I have discussed this in the past. What are you expecting? What are you hearing? Well, I'm hearing that you could expect to see as many as six games uh, suspended, even though there's been no proven acquisition or claim that you know he did something wrong. But I think if you go back to the Ben Roethlisberger situation, he was suspended and wasn't actually found guilty of any kind of criminal charge. Yeah, conduct detrimental to the league, essentially. And yeah, so and I, I think the I think the league is going to send a message. I do think they're going to drop the hammer. I think the Browns already knew this coming in to the situation that this could be a possibility. And listen, they guaranteed that contract. He's still just I think 27 years old, so they're not worried about you know this season. They're worried about the long term uh, perspective. But I will say I think they sent the team memo team memo out uh, to all the players on that Bahamas cruise. They said one, don't drink the ice. Two, don't take any massage recommendations from Deshaun Watson. I hope, I hope the team refrained. I hope they refrained from the spa, right? Yeah, yeah, they refrained from the refrained from the spa. And you, and you said the league, the league is meeting up with them in Texas. Don't, don't tell me the spy ain't on to see where, where he's going on that off-hours activities when he lands down in Texas. That's a good point. The National Football League knows every damn thing that happened in the Bahamas. <laughs> like, they know. They, they've got people. They've got eyes. They've got. Hey, remember the guy on the Bills uh, was uh, McKenzie last year. He got fined a couple of times because he got he got taken pictures of him. He wasn't wearing a mask in like a grocery store. He finally said, "Man, I'm getting vaxxed. I'm tired of getting followed and fined all the time." Because remember, the NFL said, "Hey, we will follow you." <laughs> they basically said, "We I think, will follow I think, you." I think the the Minnesota Vikings set the bar pretty high. Well, as far as cruises, well, that's another story. <laughs> hey, man, I wish I was on that boat. Uh, more with Rick Saratella on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The late night anger management class up here supplies the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between kicking it on a Monday night. That meltdown, Rick Sarantello, we're getting biblical NFL draft Bible in the house, SI.com, and we'll get to the 2023 NFL draft in a couple of moments. Uh, but I want to talk about the New England Patriots uh, right now. And um, Rick uh, Sarantello is a Giants guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a Jersey guy, so he knows um, he knows the Joe Judge uh, he knows the Joe Judge legacy uh, very well. That's right. Rick's rocking a Yankee gear and a UConn hat, just for the record, for people tuning in on the radio. UConn, UConn Huskies. So Joe Judge working with the quarterbacks and working with Matt Jones and Matt Patricia. So evidently Matt Patricia and Joe Judge will operate the New England Patriots offense this year. And I'm starting to think maybe Belichick's not the genius we thought he was. Well, I mean, I think, first of all, there's a couple things to unpack here. Uh, I thought, by the way, I forgot who the beat reporter was, but it, it was like the two-year anniversary of Joe Judge falling on the fumble in the mud water puddle. They said, hey, this is the moment that all the Giants fans felt a sucker for the Joe Judge experiments. And boy, what a debacle that was, man. And I just you look back on it. What a disaster. Wow. Like, really? Like, and I never I never really saw the upside there. And. Hey, it just goes to show that uh, Bill Belichick had more funk sway than you than you realize when it comes to the Giants organization. But I'll tell you what, man, there's a reason why they're good assistants in New England because they're essentially robots. They're all interchangeable parts. They're told what to do. Uh, they're not not responsible for their own decision makings, and so they can work well in that environment. So I don't think it matters, you know, who is the designated offensive coordinator. And I'll tell you an interesting thing: when the Patriots interview their their young up and coming scouts or their interns. Uh, one of the first things assignments Belichick gives them is charting. And they want, they say, go watch the film. I want to know the assignment of every player on every play charted. And Belichick judges them by how long it takes the attention to detail what's in that description. And so if you don't know, like if you're on the defense calling plays as middle linebacker and you don't know the assignment of every position, you can't play for the Patriots. And so it's the same way with their coordinators. It doesn't matter if it's Josh McDaniels, clown, clown face, Joe judge. And, uh, Man, what's insane clown posse? Joe Judge and Matt Patricia over here. What, what, I mean, what a combo, man. What 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 what, what oh, yeah, with a pencil in his ear and a chicken wing in in, in his beard. Yeah. Uh, and and Joe Judge. Yeah, uh, what that's a great point that you raised though, as far as Billichet, because I heard I wanted to ask you sort of, you know, about Josh McDaniels, because I remember I saw a podcast and it was Denver Bronco players, and they were talking about when McDaniels was there, and they said it was blowing them away. It's funny you just said about the assignment. That McDaniel told them, basically, and they said it was amazing. They told them what the other player is going to do all the time. Like, they basically said, listen, like, even on defense, they said, listen, you're going to be here, and he's going to do this. Trust me. And basically, McDaniels told them, trust me on this. This is what they're going to do. And they were doing well, but it turns out it was a little bit of the Spygate thing going on, right? Because <laughs> it never got out there publicly, but the Bronco players on the podcast said, they said, damn, we were cheating, and we didn't even know we were cheating because McDaniels would tell us, like, before, yo, 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 he's going to do this. And they were like, wow, man, he's right. And he was always right about everything that he said that the other team would do. But the NFL basically said, listen, 
you got to stop doing what you're doing. But they didn't want it. It didn't get out type of thing. They just warned them for suspicious activity. And the Bronco players even said they went like three and four after that. Like as soon as they got busted. So what about, because I like this Raider roster. What about McDaniels? How do you think he's going to do with the Raiders? Well, he was very young when he took over the Broncos job. He was a little in over his head at the time. So he's got a second chance. Uh, You know, listen, I don't, I don't really, I'm not a big believer in Carr. I get it. He's better than half the quarterbacks in the league, but I can find half the other quarterbacks that are better than him. So I don't see him like when I go to bed at night and rest my head on the pillow, I don't have like dreams of Carr hoisting the Lombardi trophy. So you can only go as far as your quarterback. With that being said, I think McDaniels will maximize what they have. Uh, they're, they're a borderline fringe playoff team, but I like the Chiefs better, the Chargers better, uh, and I like the Broncos better in that division. So I don't think the Raiders even make the playoffs. I, uh, I'll respectfully disagree. I think Carr is a top 10 quarterback right now. Um, you know, as far as hoist, you know, winning the Super Bowl, you're hard-pressed to picture a lot of guys uh, hoisting the trophy, to be honest. And now he's got Devontae Adams as well, which I think will just make him look better, uh, to be honest. It's not like he's had a ton of weapons, right? It's not like he's had a ton of weapons. So I'll just say I'm a little bit higher on, on Carr than you are. And I question the Chargers, you know, prove it. I mean, you know what I mean? They go out there, they're hyped. I get it. Herbert puts up big numbers and all this. But they did lose to the Raiders, right, to get a game on the line. And the Raiders were willing to tie the stupid game with them, and they still screwed it up somehow, uh, the Chargers. I, I like the Raiders. I like the makeup of this team. I like their number this year, and it should be noted, too. As you like far as, in the Broncos and Chiefs? I'm not totally sold on the Broncos. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't like – I'm not a big Nate Hackett guy. I, I, I wonder, Nate Hackett's never been a head coach before, and I've never really thought much of him as a coordinator before. Russell Wilson's not getting any younger. Um, you know, same thing. Let's see it come together. It's not easy for it everything to come together in the first year when you have a new coach and a new quarterback. I mean, Brady can pull it off. You got to win one game, Russell Wilson or Carr. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's all good. Well, the last, the Wilson the last few years hasn't been very good. Seattle players say that he basically checked out, though, that he wanted out, right? And it was a couple of years of rumors that he wanted out, and he denied it, and it was pretty clear that it was true the whole time that he did want out. Look, the ball got out faster with Geno Smith and stuff. It sounds crazy, but you know what I mean? Russell Wilson extended plays. I do think he'll be reborn in Denver, but I'm not fully in love with him. As far as the Patriots, I was going to bring this up, Rick. Their win total is eight and a half this year, which, wow. They're basically thinking that this team's going to be, a you know, barely a winning team at nine and eight or eight and nine. Well, yeah, I mean, I think just... Bill Belichick, I always say he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. So, I mean, they're, they're, but it doesn't mean he can win games, though, still. You can be a genius. Outside, the division is tough. The Dolphins are better than they are, I think. Outside, I mean, they had a losing record the year after Brady. Was there ever other uh, a losing year? I don't think there was. So, I mean, like, they're going to be 500 by default, right? And so, right. I, I mean, so I'm taking the over because even at the over, you're saying nine wins out of yeah you know, nine and seven nine and eight sure I'll take that all day. Raiders are eight at eight. Yeah, because again, like even eight. That's a very tough division. Oh, it's a brutal division. I mean, look at the quarterbacks there. I I, I, I hear your point about the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, but Herbert to me is a top five quarterback in this league. Oh, I get it, I get it, but there's also 52 other guys on a football team uh, besides just the quarterback. Uh, so speaking of quarterbacks, Rick Sarantello with us just for a couple of more moments. So this year, team took a pass on the quarterbacks. 
um, as we saw. Next year will be the complete opposite. It's going to be a quarterback feeding frenzy. You and I were talking about the number one pick last week, and we were talking a little bit. I've been talking a lot about the Heisman uh, and these these college quarterbacks, but there's a lot of talk now that there'll actually be four quarterbacks taken, Rick, in the first round of the 2023 draft. Four quarterbacks taken in the first round. Man, I'll tell you, this is such a talent-laden draft, 2023 I'm talking about, because Trayvon Walker might not even be a top-ten selection. I'm not even kidding. Uh, defensive, offensive, skill positions, quarterbacks. I mean, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be at the top of the board, and we talked about it, I think, on this show. Stroud well, and Levis is really coming on now, too. The season hasn't started yet, but a lot of people have him as a top-five pick. Well, I'm going to get to Levis in a second, and I'll tell you one other guy I'm going to throw into the equation is Anthony Richardson, who has a very limited body of work but has all the tools in the toolbox and he's drawn the Cam Newton comparison. He had, you know, seven games. He got into action, 500 yards passion, uh, you know, 400 yards rushing dual threat capability. But when you talk about the rare throws, zipping it, flipping it, cross hash, you know, throws that he shouldn't be making into tight windows. That's what Anthony Richardson's bringing to the table. And I think he's a guy that can ascend into the equation. But I want to talk about Levis. You mentioned him out of Kentucky. They brought Liam Cohen over from the Rams. He's a he's a Sean McVay protege. And what they did was build uh, an, an offense around Levis's skill set. He comes over from Penn State where he was buried behind Trace McSorley and Sean Clifford. And all of a sudden... You know, Levis is growing on me now. He's got a quick decision-making flick of the wrist. You know, he's running that Rams offense, and I'll tell you what, he's a quirky guy. Have you seen some of his videos? I mean, he's out there on YouTube talking about, hey, I eat bananas whole, skin and all. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? Like, oranges? I don't peel them. They don't phase me. Like, what's wrong with you? you know, he's a quirky dude now. So teams are going to have to deal with some of that. But I like his talent on the field. Uh, six foot, uh, six foot three, two hundred and thirty-two pounder. Uh, quick decision making, as Rick stated. Strong arm, real zip on the football. Quick release too. Not a big wind up. Just that sort of zip. Boom! It's it's gone and boom! It's it's at the wide receiver. Yeah. He just looks like an NFL quarterback when you when you see him operate. And and we didn't get to to the kid that there's a lot of hype and people talking Heisman, uh, Tyler Van Dyke out of uh, out of Miami, Florida. Yeah, quick precision, uh, short, not big kid, six foot four. Yeah, yeah, a pocket passer guy that can make all the throws. He came on like a gangbuster at the end of last season. If you look back at his final six games of the season, there wasn't a hotter quarterback in the nation in the regular season than Tyler Van Dyke, and I think. He's going to look to carry that momentum. He sprays the ball all over the field, reads through his progressions. So a very smart, cerebral guy that, you know, he's got the numbers to back it up now. So another strong season. He's now, I mean, I'll take the over. You said four quarterbacks. I'll take the over. I'll put Van Dyke in there in the first round. And, you know, there's going to be a guy. You mentioned it last week. Could it be Keaton Slovis? Could it be uh, Spencer Rattler? You know? Exactly. Oh, yeah. You're right. Dude, we might be up to six quarterbacks by the time the draft comes. Seriously. Seriously, there's all these other guys that are really good, too, that we're not even talking about, right? That, that said, we still got to play the college season, too. Still got football to be played. Oh.
whole 13 games late. Let's do this thing. Rick Saratella at about that Bible. Thanks, Rick. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy out. The bug boy. <laughs> the little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? It's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? Level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Ramsey. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. It's the Monday Night Meltdown. Thanks to Rick Saratella for joining us. Look forward to start pulling the uh, the trigger on all of our NFL uh, futures, but we're so caught up in all this playoff action, and it was the calm before the storm tonight. It was a Major League Baseball night uh, tonight, but tomorrow we get back after it. We've got an NBA game, Eastern Conference Finals, Boston Celtics, and the Miami Heat, and we've got two National Hockey League games uh, tomorrow, and I think they're going to be entertaining games across the board. Uh, Miami and Boston should be a very, very competitive series. I think that this series is going to go seven games. And for me, I can't pass up the Miami Heat as series underdogs here, considering the fact that they have home court. I know Boston have been good. And, you know, the way I look at this, so look, I'm getting the Miami Heat at plus 145. And I'm getting the Miami Heat at plus 145, and I can get the Miami Heat at plus one and a half as well um, on, on the series spread at minus 130. So I win if it goes seven games. And I really sincerely doubt that that Boston are going to beat the Miami Heat in six games. So for me, I'm pulling the trigger on the Miami Heat plus 145 series price, and I'll take the Miami Heat plus one and a half as well. 
Now I'd like to take them plus two and a half, but that's going to cost uh, that. That's going to cost quite a bit to uh, to do that. So we're gonna, we're going to have to go with the one and a half. Now you can always get into parlays and all this type of weird stuff, but we're going to simplify things here. It's kind of my approach for quite a few of these series, is to be honest with you. In which that's you know how how I'm attacking this, and that I'm going to go. I'm going to take the team, the underdog, to win the series. And then after, I'm going to take them on the series spread as well. So that's my approach. That's my approach with the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. I'm taking the Miami Heat in the series plus 145, and I'm taking the Miami Heat plus one and a half games at minus 130. Now let's keep it in the state of Florida. In fact, uh, in fact, this is pretty crazy that the Miami Heat and the uh, the Florida Panthers are going to be playing at the same time. In, in in Miami, in the Miami area. So reports were that the, the Florida Panthers actually did voice their concern and say, we don't want to go against the Miami Heat. We don't want to play on the same night as the Heat. And the NHL and the television, um, you know, the, the, the networks basically overrid it and told them, no, this is, this is when you're playing. I understand I understand. Now, listen, There's it's a different audience. It's a different crowd. You know, how many people are season ticket holders to the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers, right? It's unfortunate, but it's a byproduct of your success. And and what really, like, what's, like, like you know, some people are calling the National Hockey League out, but I'm not on this. What do you want them to do? Right? The, 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 number one, the NHL has never... Listen, the NHL schedule, you know, lacks something to be, you know, they, they, they could do better with it in a regular season. They, they do some weird things sometimes. But with that being stated, what, what are they supposed to do here? They couldn't start the series today. They're not going to start the series today. And they couldn't give these guys an extra day off. It would have led to a competitive imbalance of the schedule. So I understand why the National Hockey League did what they did. So as far as this series is concerned... Very similar situation. I'm, I'm taking the underdog in the series in the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning are plus 128 to win the series. I think they are going to win the series. But you get the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so we, we get the Tampa Bay Lightning um, not just to win the series, but we get the Tampa Bay Lightning plus one and a half games at minus 165. So we've got to lay 65 cents to do it, but I feel comfortable in doing this because I think Tampa are going to win the series and or whatever it goes seven games and I'll win the bet. I'll win, I'll win the bet there at plus one and a half. So the, the, the same, I'm doing the same bet in the Miami-Boston series as I'm doing in this Tampa-Florida series. I'm taking the underdog, and I'm taking the underdog plus one and a half. If it goes to seven, I win, and it's a bonus if they win the series at plus money, and I think they both can. If you have to ask me which one do I think, you know, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning have proven themselves right now, and I do not believe the Florida Panthers should be this big of favorites against them. The Leafs were a great team. I think the Leafs are better than the Panthers are. Um, the Panthers lost to the Lightning last year. We'll see. You know, listen, they are a different team. They have Claude Giroux right now. They're a little bit more battle-tested. Florida are a good team. It's going to be a really fun series. The total six and a half in this game. Uh, right now, shaded to the over at minus 135, but there's also there were sevens out there as well.
You know, the, the totals are going to start to bounce around now that people start to bet on this. So FanDuel's got an under seven right now at minus 124. You can play the all totals if you want. The first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs really, really played heavily to the over. And these teams played to the over when they played against each other in a similar situation with the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. All right, so we've given you our series pick for, for Miami and Boston. We're taking the, the, the Miami Heat. Miami Heat plus 145 and uh, plus uh, one and a half games. Tampa Bay Lightning plus 128 and plus one and a half games at minus 165. St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. This is a little bit trickier. I, I think St. Louis can win two games. I'm not overly excited about having to lay minus 175 to do it because that's what you have to do. But listen, sports books aren't giving money away. And the St. Louis Blues are a good hockey team. And I think they're going to be able to compete with Colorado, but through a seven-game series, Colorado are just going to outscore them. I don't think I don't think St. Louis is going to be able to outscore them. I think St. Louis also are going to play a very physical brand of hockey, and they're going to go after Colorado, and they're going to try to make it a physical series, and they're going to try to bully the Avalanche, which I think could lead to penalties. I think the National Hockey League would prefer. Listen, we've seen the NHL. They're called, they, they, they left the whistle in the pockets when they got to game six and sevens. But earlier in the series, man, it was a parade to the penalty box a lot. And it, you know, that, it's a big key, right? You don't really know who the ref is going to be. Is Bettman in the National Hockey League going to tell them, listen, we, want, you know, we don't want the Blues to get away with like, killing these guys, right? Like that's how it goes down. They don't say, listen, we want Colorado to win. And I'm not really saying, you know, they're desperate for Colorado to win. But that's how it works, right? They could tell the refereeing, the officiating crew, because they have a call before the game. And they could say, listen, St. Louis are going to, you know what I mean? We know what St. Louis are going to do here. So don't let them get carried away. Put them in the box because we don't want it to turn into a bloodbath, right? So we don't know how they're going to officiate it. If they let St. Louis get away with stuff, then you know it gives the Blues a better chance here. But for me, even just taking the Blues at plus two and a half, like that's how good Colorado is. I, you know, that's the, that's as far as I can go with this, and I'm not excited about having to lay the juice. But we're going to give you a pick for every for every series, and that's my pick here. St. Louis Blues plus two and a half games, uh, and we got to lay a little juice to do it. New York Rangers. New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. This one, I think I'm the only one that I've heard anywhere so far, and there'll be more people giving picks tomorrow. But I'm taking the New York Rangers to upset the Canes. I'm getting the Rangers a plus 172. To me, this series has seven games written all over it. I think Shesterkin, who struggled a little bit against Pittsburgh, has found his groove again. I think he's capable of stealing games. I think we're going to have a bunch of overtime games in this series. I think it has seven games written all over it, and I'm getting plus 172. And 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 same, similar situation. I can get the New York Rangers at plus 172, and I'll pull the trigger on the Rangers at uh, plus one and a half at minus 130. So, so far, the only favor, I'm taking the underdog in every series, uh, plus money, and then except in the Colorado series, and then except in this last series here as well, uh, with the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers got all they can handle from the Los Angeles Kings. The Calgary Flames are a lot better than the LA Kings are. 
Calgary really would have rolled pretty much anybody except due to the fact that the Dallas Stars goaltender and Jake Ottinger was just unbelievable. And, you know, he, he was a difference maker. But Calgary survived. And, listen, Mike Smith's been good. People, and I talked about that. People criticize Mike Smith all the time. I said, hey, give him credit. He's got a save percentage of like 938, man. All right, so Mike Smith played good hockey uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. Yet, the Calgary Flames are going to present a much tougher challenge offensively to Edmonton. Edmonton have a lot of defensive breakdowns, and the Kings are not a good offensive team. Calgary are. Calgary will be able to expose Edmonton defensively. Mike Smith has been good, but now he's really going to face. It's going to be. He's going to face tougher scoring opportunities, tougher shots, tougher players, bigger players. Like pretty much, Calgary have an advantage everywhere. Like so, like so. Carter McDavid is the best player, yes, and you could argue that Drysidle is the second best player. But after that, every other best player is basically on Calgary. Calgary, you know what it is? Like Edmonton have a couple of superstars. And listen, Evander Kane's playing great hockey right now. They've got the good players, right? Nurse is good. But Calgary are just deeper. Calgary, like, roll four lines at you. Calgary are more physical. They're bigger. They're, they have better goaltending. They're both good goalies, but Markstrom's better. Calgary are better defensively. They give up less scoring opportunities than Edmonton do. You know, like, they, they, Edmonton are up against it here. Like, if Edmonton pulled this off, like, this, you know what I mean? This is big time for McDavid. McDavid's going to have to, like, really, like, McDavid's going to have to score a hat-tricks type thing. And dry side. Like, I think they're up against it, Edmonton, here. It's going to be intense. It'll be interesting to see how this is officiated as well. Calgary are minus 194 favorites. I told you before the Calgary are going to the Stanley Cup Finals. I have them at plus 250. They're still going to have to get through Edmonton and Colorado, but we'll see. We'll see what happens here. I do think they beat Edmonton. We'll lay the minus 194, and uh, we'll play the Calgary Flames minus one and a half. I think the Flames win this series in six, although I should note, I just lost doing this bet. I took them to win minus one and a half against the Dallas Stars, and it went seven. So that's why I'm also going to play the Flames to advance. I got to lay the juice, but I'm playing a lot of underdogs as well. Uh, Matthias, what's your pick for the um, the Boston Miami Eastern Conference uh, Finals? Game, I like Boston. I think right now I wouldn't want to get in front of Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown's playing at a, good, at a great level, but I also think their role players are going to step up. You know, we saw Pritchard make some big threes in that Game 7. We saw Grant William take how many shots in that Game 7 as well, and he's been playing well, you know, in, in multiple different games. I, I just feel like it's Boston's time to get to the finals, but I have them losing to Golden State in the finals. Boston and Golden State in the finals. I could see that. You know, I, I could see it. it. A lot of the finals just sort of roll off, you know, sound like, you know, like Miami, Golden State. I do think Golden State are going to beat Dallas, but I've got that series going seven. We'll break that down tomorrow night more. The late night anger management class, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio 
and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Three minute warning. Late night anger management class. Thanks to Rick Saratella, George Kurtz, Dan Favalli from the Bleacher Report. Great stuff. Uh, great, great job by our crew here tonight. In uh, Master Control, tomorrow night we get back after it. Uh, Avalanche and Blues uh, tomorrow night. Like I said, there's some high totals right now at FanDuel. They've got sevens up for these games uh, right now. I don't know if they're going to stay at seven. Um, they're starting, the money's starting to come in on the unders just out of principle right now. Uh, you know, But we'll, we'll see. Like the Avalanche specifically, that's minus 134. They're not going to make it like minus 150. Like this one could hit six and a half soon. You know, but whatever with the totals. So you, you get alt lines and you can get the total anywhere. You know, you can make it whatever you want, basically. You can pay a little juice, make it seven and a half. You can make it eight and a half. You can make it, you know, hey, you think you don't want to go crazy. You can go uh, five and a half. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's the beautiful thing about uh, about today's options. I'm a big fan of the alt line stuff, but uh, I prefer alt line pucks than I do as far as the totals are concerned. But so look, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow plus 130 at 7:10 Eastern time. Total seven right now. I'm not going to uh, touch the total as of now. But if I like the Tampa Bay Lightning in this series, then I don't really have a choice but to start pulling the trigger on them. They're plus 130. Plus 130. And as I stated, I'm taking the Lightning in the series at plus 128, and I'm taking the Lightning at uh, plus one and a half. At uh, minus 130 in the series as well. I think Florida are being a little bit overvalued. And, man, this Boston-Miami game, man, tomorrow. This is another situation where if I'm taking Miami, they better win on their home court. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Right? One thing, one thing I like about this Miami-Boston series, though, is like Boston are so – they're such a public team now. Everyone loves Boston so much that, look, Miami are minus 124 on their home court, which means we're probably going to be getting like four or five points when they go to Boston. So it looks like I'm going to be along for the ride with the Miami Heat. The late-night anger management class is done. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 